Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rough Times. Tonight, we have a special guest, Grant Butters. We're going to be talking to him about uh, being in a unique position that he was in, starting with really forming a high school indoor group from nothing and taking them to a world-class finalist and just picking his brain and finding out the process and sharing that information with you. Hopefully, it can benefit some of you out there. All right, welcome to Rough Times. We're here with our special guest, Vincent Emery. Just kidding. We're here. He's here, but that's we're here to talk to Grant. Uh, Grant Butters. Uh, Grant was uh, he was a student at Williamsport High School, and then he taught the he marched the Glassman. Um, he taught the Cavaleros with me, and then he ran a couple high school programs around here, and then went to South County and built a program from took them from A class to a world class finalist in WGI. So we're going to talk to him about building that program, and yeah, let's rock and roll. So Grant, how'd you do it? <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, it started with uh, really fertile ground, I think, was was the thing. Because like the program... Can we say fertile ground? Is that, <clears throat> that's, can we say that? I think that's when, legal. Is that legal? I mean, if you're trying to grow crops... Feels, feels a little dirty. Okay. Well, let's roll with it. Let's go. I think I, <laughs> that was just the best way I thought to describe it. Like all the all the ingredients were there for that program to be successful before I got there. What are those ingredients? And that was the well, and that was the thing. Like they didn't have a percussion director. It was like halfway through a marching band season. I had just moved into the area, <clears> and I went to judge some like regional orchestra audition. And somebody got my contact information and got it to the director at the time. And he gave me a call and invited me in. Just to like tour the facilities, kind of see the program, uh, you know, for me to understand what's going on. Because I wasn't from the area. No idea what Fairfax County was like, you know. I this, For people that don't know, this is around Washington, D.C. You're like, what, 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away? Yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah it's in so Lorton, Virginia, just south like of D.C. D.C. suburb area. Yeah, Fairfax County Public Schools. And I'm from, you know, I'm from Williamsport. It was one high school fed by one pyramid. That's the school district. Well, in Fairfax County... There's over 20 high schools and there's 188,000 students. So it's a totally different animal. And I had never been exposed to that or whatever. I go in to talk to the director and he kind of walks me through the facilities and he shows me like, hey, here's this cafeteria that's big enough for you to pull your floor out. Here's, you know, matching gear that (laughs) happens to be new enough because the school at that point, I think, was like maybe 10 years old you know the school was recently open the gear was fresh there wasn't you know and and it was it was four marimbas four vibes like it was a full front ensemble worth of stuff sitting in the band room ready to go right they weren't using all of that all the time but it was there so immediately that's already a step above what i had done previously i was i was used to going through a step that's like I was gonna say that's, I would argue polite. like that's polite. Oh, I thought you said that's a flight. No, I, I well because like, you, you said a step. You, you, you and can, I, was I mean, like, it's not what I said, but that I, might be better. No, than I what think I, said. I was gonna say I feel like it's that, that's a whole flight of stairs. <laughs> it's like an elevator ride. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but awesome. anyway, you know, I yeah. get like I I you know, and then talking to uh, Gary, who was the director at the time. Um, you know, we talked about just marching band. And that was my main goal was just to like get through the end of this marching band season, right? They didn't have any drum staff. The kids were kind of teaching themselves. They were super young, but they were all really motivated, you know? Um, And they were hungry. Like the program had had success. They definitely had like strong players had come out of the program, Um, but they had a big 
huge graduating class, you know, and the drum staff all left. The indoor program had died the year before that, so no one had really done indoor. <clears throat> and then he gave me the green light to start the indoor program back up. So this isn't – you just yeah. didn't take over an A-class line. You started an A-class line. Right. And I think okay. that the first year – I also – and I think that was part of – why things were able to progress the way that they did was because I didn't have to do something the way somebody else did it because that's the way it was yeah. done. Do you know what I mean? I kind of yeah. had license to come in and do what I thought was right. Now, granted, I was not right the first time or the second time. And then there was, and there was a lot of growth that had to happen throughout that whole thing. And I think that's the, that's the main point of like how we got from point A to point B was the way that there was like a growth mindset kind of embedded in every single aspect of the program mm -hmm. from top to bottom. I was super young. I was trying to get staff that were going to be there for a long time, which means that they're super young, right? It means that they're, they're not someone who's been doing it forever. All those people are already teaching other places. There's a lot of good programs in the area too. And <clears throat> you know, there were a lot of staff that had left South County to go teach other places you know, uh, Chantilly was a really solid program there. Freedom, solid program. Thomas Jefferson, like there's 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 great programs that go to Dayton and have success. And South County was a group when when they were in A class, they would go to Dayton. Almost made semifinals once in A class, I think, right? So like the infrastructure was there for the program to also get on the road and go to Dayton, which is a whole other thing, right? Yeah. That was never an option in any program that I had been <clears throat> teaching up to that point. Dayton, in, in this area, I don't think Dayton is in the cards for most groups. Like in high school, when we were doing indoor, Dayton was not an option. We barely got through an AIA season. I mean, I'm excited <laughs> when we get drum heads. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, you know, at, after that talk with the director or whatever, I'm like, cool, I'm in. I'm excited. Let's do this, whatever. We get through that marching band season, and I don't think that the – wasn't a whole lot of maybe competitive success right away, but that really wasn't what we were after. And I think everyone, everyone in the program knew that that wasn't the case, right? We knew that that first indoor season, like you were saying, we kind of started over. I had three vets, all of which <clears throat> maybe had done indoor, but they were either freshmen or sophomores. And then they had a year off because the program didn't exist the year before I got there. Right? So there's three vets that don't really have any kind of opinion on how things are supposed to go. You know, I think all the kids were just really hungry and wanted to work really hard and wanted to get really good. Yeah. And they had immediate um, trust in me. And I'm not really, to this day, I'm not sure why. I think I, I exude confidence <clears throat> and I think that I, I can come into a room and kind of take over and run things. And, I, and I'm confident in my ability to do that. But that doesn't always mean that students are going to be receptible to it. Yeah. Um, this group of students was. Especially if you're different than the last guy. Yeah. Sometimes they'll uh -huh. resist that. Right. But These kids didn't do that. They were, they were super hungry right away. And, and we were able to get, to get the ball rolling. And, and I made sure at the end of those first seasons especially, like I was always honest with them about my lack of experience at that point. I told them at the end of like our first probably three, maybe four seasons, I was like, guys – Thank you for putting your trust in me. Mm -hmm. Like, because I wanted them to understand that they were growing, but I also had to grow with them. Like I had never, you know, I was talking to them the first year, you know, like 
<clears throat> guys, we're going to try to do something that you've never done and I've never done either. I've never had a group compete in WGI. I've never had a group go to Dayton. I've never had a group make open class finals. Like I had never done any of these things. So it was really cool that we had that relationship with the staff and the kids from the very beginning of like, we are all trying to accomplish something together that none of us have ever done. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a great jumping off point and it just made everybody really motivated to work for each other. And yeah. even when we would get in, you know, new staff that maybe were, were young and figuring it out, like that was cool. We were okay with that. We were okay with the process of figuring out how we were going to do this thing. Right. And every year we got better and I got better at, you know, writing music. And, and, and there was a lot of there's a lot of growth on my part in the design thing. But we also got better as just like running rehearsals, figuring out how we were going to design our calendar. Yeah. For example, because a lot of times you'll start a you'll start a program and you'll be like, well, we can get we can get rehearsal space these two nights. And yeah. then you do those two nights without thinking about really how does that affect the kids academic calendar? Right. How does that affect their block schedule, right? And we had some pushback from parents initially when we were like, listen, this is the time we can have rehearsal because of X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, you know, little Jimmy can't get his homework done. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know what you want me to – this is the time we have to have rehearsal. So as we went, we even got better at that kind of stuff. We got better at scheduling rehearsals in a way that would complement the schedule of the day, which gave me more license at our parent meetings to be like, listen, we've done everything we can to design this calendar for these kids to have success academically, in our program, in life. They're going to have downtime a couple nights a week, you know? And I think that all of that kind of, the evolution of everything together, I think... <clears throat> was something that I had never experienced on my end just because I had never been at a program long enough to go through all of that evolution. Like I was in college teaching a group for a couple years. I taught yeah. with you at Williamsport for a couple years. And it was just like, I felt like I was just a rolling stone that was just ending up at a bunch of different places and without really having like a home. And once I was down there for a while and we got to just like continue that growth that we got better at everything together and everyone was young and we all grew through that process for, you know, I think it took us three years to get to Dayton. And then our Dayton experiences were uh, 37th and open the first year, 7th and open the next year, 12th and open <coughs> the year after that, and then 15th and world the last year that we had finals. Yeah. It must have been a... Walking into a program and seeing like all that gear and stuff. I when you were first telling me about it when you first moved down there, I was like, "Man, this is gonna be easy." <laughs> like, man, you're just this is gonna go through the roof because up here, like we've always I and I feel like even up here, like even you you were teaching a Bossburg, what is Bossburg Southern Tioga Southern Tioga that's yeah. right Southern Tioga and they got they got pretty good considering all the limitations. I mean, <laughs> you went from like. A school that was carrying a bell set with a hospital gurney to a school that had a, 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 a full-size front ensemble with matching gear. Like, that's crazy. But um, but we've always had success with the kids. 
Dude, and that's the thing. Kids are kids. Yeah. And and that's the that's the thing that I because there were there were kids that came out of that program. You had you had Sydney and Zach and like March top levels of DCI WGI done a lot of really cool things. I, you know if if that's the the quality of education that was being produced in the kids themselves is is consistent. The thing that allowed to me in my estimation that allowed that growth was was the support things that you can't control like the the funding the community yep. being around it and, and you know what i mean like the and even the size of the population having you know for sure just places to rehearse you know what i mean and, and things you can rely on consistently makes such a difference um yeah. yeah and i think i just think i think like i was saying like kids are kids and i think that when you try to there's a lot of uh, scapegoating that happens, especially oh, yeah. when a program like doesn't have competitive success. The first thing that someone wants to do, or, you know, the first thing that someone wants to say is, well, you know, so-and-so didn't practice or so-and-so, you know, you want to blame, like, well, motivating a student to practice is just as important mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. what you're teaching them. Like it's, it's, it's maybe more important. Yeah. Like you could, you could be the best staff member at teaching someone how to play paradiddle patterns in the world. But if that student's not motivated to go home and practice, then that's not going to happen. And I think that when we started it and they're like I said, like when we were like, we're all trying to accomplish something that none of us have ever accomplished. Like we're all working together for us all to get to this new level. There was just a ton of enthusiasm and work happening at home. And that doesn't mean that everything was great right away. Cause it wasn't like we, we had, I wrote some really bad shows initially yeah. and, and, and we had some educational things that were not great. We all got better, you know, and the kids, the, the, the thing that was consistent is that the kids work ethic, yeah. you know? And, and I, and again, like that was, that was something that was consistent at every program. And that's something that, to be honest, started at Williamsport with my experience as a student, like the educators that I had, you and Ryan, and like the the educators that I had in high school taught me to love the activity and to work really hard. Yeah. And that was that was more important than like the chops education that I got. Like, yeah, sure. We we talked about how to play book reports and flam drags and like I the hands things happened. Yeah. But the more important lesson that I think I got out of my early years in the marching percussion, you know, activity was the drive and that part of it that I've been able to, I feel like that's the part that I pass on to students from my, my early high school is like, you're going to have to work really hard and it's going to be worth it. Yeah. It's actually one of the, one of the things that, um, sometimes I complain about, this area and teaching here and, you know, being kind of like frustrated with some of the limitations. Um, but also on another side of it, I love it because I, I get to like, I, I like to think of it as think of myself as, <laughs> as somebody who's like showing, um, what you can do, you know what I mean? And not just getting bogged down by all the, the negative aspects of it, of, you know, have, you know, winning. I mean, we, we've been on a tear lately where we're just, pretty dominant um and our gear's garbage (laughs) like our gear's bad um and it's but you know what like i I was me and alejandro talking about the other day like 
the, the other groups in this region, I think, look at us as like, oh, it's Williamsport. Like, can't whatever. They're, can't they're, compete with them. Can't compete with them. And like, it's some kind of like either or bribing judges or whatever, or it's some kind of unfair advantage. I'll tell you what the advantage is. When our kids go to rehearsal, they have instructors in front of them at every rehearsal. Yeah. They know who the instructors are and they know what their expectations are. And that's it. That's it. That's what separates us because I, the other programs I'm aware of and I'm watching, like they just, you know, they have somebody in for band camp and then somebody else for that comes, you know, for one third of the rehearsals throughout the season. And then it, you know, I don't like talking about the kids, I'm talking about the staff, like the, the directors and whoever are frustrated that they, they're not competing with us. Well, it's, it's not complicated, but we work hard just to make sure that the kids always have somebody in front of them that knows what they're doing and cares, you know? And, and that's, that, and that's I it. Think, I think that was part of it that, that was part of it that we didn't have figured out initially too, um, because there are other strong groups in the area and there's not, the pool of staff in Northern Virginia isn't as deep as <coughs> one might think. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty deep. <laughs> it's but it's it's a lot of the same people teaching multiple. <laughs> I'm just groups. saying, as he was saying it, I was like, yeah, it's deep. Like, yeah, but it's it's a lot of it's a lot of the same people teaching multiple groups. All the hundreds is here to troll. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like <laughs> I just thought it was really funny because like he he immediately called it out as I was thinking it, and in my head I'm like, yeah, it's probably really deep, and he's like, nope, it's not. I struggled <laughs> to get staff for a while, yeah. and I think I, I think it. My vision for the program was always kind of what it's turned into. Like I, I knew what was possible. I might not have known the roadmap of how to get there, but I knew that like, this is like, like I said, fertile ground. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there is potential for there to be a world-class percussion program I, at this school. And it, well, speaking of staff, I do think um the one person, and this is, it's kind of interesting to be able to like, watch you do this from a distance because it's like the fishbowl thing i could just kind of like observe and you know you'd talk to me about things but it wouldn't be like on the daily i wasn't in the grind i wasn't in the trenches so it's kind of interesting to watch but i noticed that like when south county really took off in my estimation maybe i'm completely wrong about this you and chad figured out how to work together really well when i because i went down there early on when chad was new and you know just like watching him rehearse the front of someone just kind of observing and then, like talking to you about it, I was like, I was like, really good information. The the intensity is very different, not right or wrong, just very different than how you do things. And I was like, that, that it wasn't a, it was a concern for me in that like, are you guys gonna be able to work together? Not like right or wrong, you know what I mean? But I remember talking to you about that, and then I also remember like, they figured it out. This is dangerous. <laughs> like, they're they're gonna go through the roof now. Yeah. So Chad, Chad came in and like you said, was, we were very different. Yeah. And I think initially I wanted the rehearsals <clears throat> to be run like I was running them. Like I felt like this is how we get things done. Well, and, and you, seriously, like I've worked with a lot of people who it's hard to trust people that are doing things differently because I've worked with a lot of people and like, you know, it's just like, I know what I do works. It's rare. And well, and that's the thing, right? I know what I do works. Yeah. And and you don't know, like, I, don't, I haven't... I, I haven't don't know that what you do works. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was waiting for you to say it. But, but Chad put... Chad, like, his evolution as, like, an educator, like, getting to watch him come in 
and start. And he was, he was harder on himself than anyone at the end of every season, mid season. I mean, like you would see the gears turning with him and he was always analyzing his process and he was always analyzing and, and you would, he would come to me and he would say, like, I'm going to start doing things this way. And it was like, I, you could tell that he was not happy with the, with the results. And I think what happened was when you said, like, we figured it out, I saw the amount of analysis that was happening on his part. And I was like, I don't need to be in the way of this at all. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to figure out everything he needs to figure out. And I was there as like a, a sounding board and we would talk and we are like, we're super close friends. Um, he moved out of the area and that, and that sucks and we miss him. But mm. like I, but I did not micromanage him and he figured it out and I didn't need to be there. And, and I think that the front ensemble and the battery, they do run differently yeah. and that's okay. They're different things. They're different animals. They're different kinds of intensity. There's different kinds of performance. There's different, you don't have to have, the the i don't know the like the the snare tech type that i am yeah in every single section and the thing that was cool was that chad like developed his own like clientele almost like there was like the front started to have its own identity and that was cool i i do want to be clear though like for anybody listening like we're not talking about like the battery was hardcore and the pit was like having you know candyland games going on like there was serious intensity with the front ensemble it was just a different vibe no so like i can give you an example like if i'm running the snare sectional if i if i happen to be the one that's like cleaning the snares that night i'm gonna rep beat by beat with the with the ensemble and i'm gonna play on their drums and i'm gonna give them individual feedback we're gonna work our way through it we'll find different ways to check it or break it down or whatever and that's my process and we're gonna rep it and we're gonna make that we're gonna make things right chad's process might be that most of the ensemble is sitting on the floor because he is working with each individual to hear them play a measure or two or three bars. Yeah. And that kind of individual accountability, <laughs> the kids who are sitting on the floor, first off, are like hacking things out. They're looking at their music. They're being responsible with their time. They just, and they also know like he's coming for me mm-hmm. next, right? Yeah. They know they, they <laughs> know they have to be able to succeed <laughs> when he gets first to them. Thing that I was thinking. Well, you know, they're like starting to sweat as he gets further, like mm-hmm. he's getting closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we yeah. are. Hey, man. Hop in. <laughs> I can stay. Okay. We're chilling. Dude, it's past bedtime. I'm, f- I'm a free man. <laughs> oh, we're just jumping in. Oh. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, but that process, I wouldn't do with the snares. I wouldn't say like, hey, go pat it out. I'm going to do a one-on-one lesson with these kids. And that initially really scared me because I'm like, these kids aren't getting all these reps. But then you realize, like, if they're getting a one-on-one lesson for five minutes, they don't need it. That bar is going to be good when they all stand up and play it together. And it was a very different process. But in the front ensemble, when they don't have to go and learn drill, he has the time to do that. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that I needed to realize. I needed to give him space to use his time the way that he needed to use his time because their schedule is different the amount of time they have in the day to work on fundamentals, which is another thing that I was like, I, I would get to the point of like, Chad, we got to play show beats. Like what's going on. And it was like, it was like, no, no, no. We're, we need to be able to play the skill 
in order to play the show beats. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and then he'd put the show together. Like they'd get to show music like for maybe the last half hour of a block or something, and they'd come to ensemble throwing down. I'd be like, I, whatever, Crazy. it works. And I stopped. I stopped getting in his way. And like I said, I was just there as a sounding board, and they got ridiculous. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of instructors running programs struggle with the. It's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. But if you approach it like that, eventually the, their paths do meet. But you have to be you have to trust enough and be patient enough with the process to allow that to happen. The other problem though is like sometimes they're not getting it done. And there has to be like you know what I mean? You have to kind of know like you know, is this just the process or do we actually have an issue here where they're not keeping up? Um mm-hmm. but I think that's where like Chad was kind of a game changer because he like it was, it was definitely happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's also like it was. Ben is also like a, a mainstay kind of staff member in the program. Ben. Do I know Ben Mitchell? <laughs> oh Ben, that Ben. <laughs> you know Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know him. Don't worry, um, I'll cut that out. I but thought like, I thought we're talking front ensemble. I, no, no, no. I'm just talking about like the program in general. Ben's story is a little different, but it's just as it's like. Ben played snare drum. In a world class high school program, like he's he he's played at world class finals. I haven't, yeah. you know what I mean. And he played snare drum. I'm a snare drummer too. So like there was there was like Ben immediately like took ownership of something where there was a need. Ben decided he was going to get good at playing cymbals. So Ben didn't play cymbals before that. No, that's crazy. Wow. That is that's crazy. Awesome. Right. I didn't. I never realized that. I, yeah. I thought he had he a he, he kind of like look. I don't know if he played cymbals in high school. I don't. I don't know his exact high school story, but I know that he was playing snare drum at the end and yeah. has like he has medals from WGI. Well, I like Ben is. If I need a cymbal line to be good, first call. Like, <laughs> right. And he didn't. He didn't play cymbals. Right. So then he got interested in cymbals and he started teaching our cymbal line. And then he's like, I'm gonna go march DCA. So he goes and marches Reading, yeah. learns as much as he can. Right. And then he comes back and the program grows the symbol line again. It started to have its own identity. So the second like I got to step back and kind of let these staff members develop and start teaching their their sections. They all develop their own identity and there's ownership there. And I have kids who come in like I have I have a kid right now who's in the baseline that I know she's probably going to want to play symbols in indoor. That's we don't. Cool. We just don't. We don't have cymbals in marching band, so she's gonna play bass drum. She's a good bass drummer. I would love to have her play bass drum, but the cymbal line is this thing that she's really excited to be part of, and I'm not gonna make her play bass drum if she doesn't want to. So it's also cool to kind of have different. Uh, you know, that's a whole other thing. Is like there's other programs. <clears throat> there's a lot of programs I think that you're gonna play snare drum when you're a junior or a senior, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. you can, maybe you can step up and <laughs> graduate by like, playing oh, snare drum. You're how old? Well, now you can play flam drags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, or you have the kid, you, you know, like I, I was listening, I had a conversation with somebody who's like, they're getting ready to do their auditions or whatever. And it was like, well, we need to let these, we need to let these eighth graders know that when they come in an audition, they're auditioning for bass drum. Well, it's like, well, why? Uh, what if, what if a senior plays bass drum? If they're a really good bass drummer. Yeah. With the least <laughs> I, I also big experience. Yeah. You, you know, I, that, 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 that blows my mind because there's this, this concept that, that somehow density of notes equals it, it, maturity. It, maturity. Yeah. Yeah. They're not correlated. No. <laughs> 
Right. You know, the funny thing about that, too, is those same people are the ones that get those box arrangements of, of these weird syncopated bass drum garbage that's really super hard to teach, really mm-hmm. super hard to memorize, and to 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 understand the feel of, of that syncopation as an eighth grader. I mean, I'm not sure I could put that together. Ooh, 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 ooh. You know, yeah. the, the, the Will Rap crap. Yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what you mean. I don't know what you that can means. Say it. <laughs> yeah. You ever uh, buy the, the little the little box arrangements you get in marching band, right? Yeah. I've seen I know yeah. what you're talking about, I just don't know who will rap. Those are the same school the, that you're describing. The pet band is, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That that are that are auditioning kids as cymbal players. Well but the, it, the best parts of those things are always the 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 bass drum. The bass drum splits like the bass drum parts are easy because they're repetitive, but like the if you look at what bass two has to play, it's extremely hard not just to play, but impossible to memorize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then you space, have, so much space. And then you have the tenor arounds that were obviously written by somebody who didn't understand the logistics of playing that instrument. <laughs> yeah, it's one one of my favorite gigs is when we get hired to fix those parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like the easiest hundred fifty bucks ever. <laughs> like, I don't even think, get paid to do it, and I do it. I think that's you're, part. You're doing I, it wrong, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a huge part of like. If, if someone's trying to get the quality of the program, you know, to to trend in the right direction, well, then that means the whole program has to be trending in the right direction. That means you shouldn't always be putting your best players on snare drum. Like, well, having a better snare line doesn't mean that the program has progressed. Having a really good vibraphone section is important. Having a really good bass line is important. Having a really good synth player is important. Having all of those things are super important and that's what separates the ensembles i think when you look at when you look at like a versus open there are great snare lines Mm. everywhere yeah but as you get from a to open from open to world everything needs to be good they're they're they are now looking for you know the person who plays glock for it to be the most artistic perfectly placed appropriate touch notes on that instrument that they everyone wrote. can play notes it's, yeah. it's a matter of it, it's it's understanding stylistic appropriateness is is that's the difference between an, an open and a, and a world uh in, in my in my opinion of an open and a world differentiator is like do you understand music or do you understand notes and and space yeah well and the other thing i was going to mention too is like the ensembles that i you know the talking about Ben and the symbol line is most groups and, and ensembles you go to like you oh this kid's not very good but they want to do it so we'll put him in the symbol line and it like and, and you know like that culture of like I don't want to play symbols well that's because the staff treat it that way but if if it's just as important to be a good symbol player as it is to be a good snare drummer that changes the dynamic of the whole ensemble mm-hmm. and then everything's better and but but and, and as far as judging like if you're you know when i'm judging an ensemble and it's like man it's really and this isn't on the sheets <laughs> but you're looking at an ensemble and you're like how do i these two are really tight how do i separate them it's not necessarily looking at the best section it's looking at the worst part of the section and how they compare you know like the depth how the does, depth of the ensemble yeah um and that that's sometimes that's the achilles heel of some groups and they don't even and then they go back to rehearsal and they're like we got to Play the flam drags cleaner. And well, and I also I think that's never, I, I think that issue. that's a bigger problem for some reason over here on this in the northeast. 
Yeah. There, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. And I guess I'm a product of it. Like, I wanted to play snare drum. I played I, snare drum as a freshman. I came in and was like, I want to play snare drum. I, want, I, was, I was the thing that I'm kind of calling out right now. But I, I, I think that's... It's the appeal. We were talking about it earlier. It's the appeal. That's why there's all this stock in snare drum. Yeah. It's I mean, the, the, the appeal. The other thing is the tenors have this built-in disadvantage of being really difficult to carry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, you got you to factor that it's, it's not just a cool factor. It's the, the, that's the one circumstance where I could say there is, is some kind of physical differentiator. It yeah. is a fact, though, that people who play tenors are the, the most successful in is life. That a fact? Definitely, e. definitely the best looking. E. Mark, that you tricked me into playing quads. Once. <laughs> Can you pull up some metrics on that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do. Who's our, what's the fact checker on Joe Rogan? What's his name? Oh, like, Young Jamie. Yeah, young Jamie. Young Can Jamie. You need a good yeah. Yeah. fact check. Uh, Mark played tenors, and that is definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> young Jamie. You that, that's, that's all we do. That's all we need. Yeah. The arthritis <laughs> Tylenol I have to take now for my spine pain. You're bald to play drums. My first season in drum corps, Mark was like, Mark was like, dude, can you just come play quads? It's like, I play snare drums. Like, dude, just come play quads. It's like, all right, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to play quads this I summer. S- I seen your pair did this. It'll be all right, man. <laughs> Wild. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't supposed to play quads at, in that drum line. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> None of us were supposed to play quads in that drum line. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was supposed to play snare drum. Ryan was almost in that drum line. Just playing snare drum. <laughs> one weekend or two weekends? Uh, I think it was one. It was just one. Just one. <laughs> yeah, but I I probably consider myself as 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 savvy with that battery as as probably the peripheries of your snare line. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a it was a learning experience. It yeah. went, I, that's that's not to say it did you know I'm, I'm sure it was challenging, but it, it was a good product. And in the end, I, from from the outside looking in, it it didn't look like as much of a challenge as it, you guys sort of described. So. When there's one for the wing column, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was on the inside. We put some lipstick on that pig. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the inside, it was a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, the staff development thing. Just to kind of like wrap that up, like you brought up Chad and his and his evolution. Um, I think was was so awesome to see, and I hope at some point he moves back in the area. Um, but then Ben, like, kind of like Ben carving out his own kind of like there's a need here i'm gonna figure out how to do this really well and then for them to to grow into what the symbol line has become that's crazy well and i that i also think too um this is actually a little bit surprising to me when i went down there because i think people people listen to this like might think that like well yeah it's out county but they have a ton of staff and they got all this and like but that's not and you guys do have a, a fairly large staff but they're not there day in and day out like their availability is different, and there I like most time I go down to rehearsals when I'm down there, and there's there's three of you there, but the the thing runs like a machine. We're and, all know, we're all really close as yeah. friends, and I think that, that I'm just outlining that perception's misleading. Like that's how, not what's really going on. Start, yeah, how long did it take for you to start that engine to, to for it to be a well-oiled machine? Uh, I would say that we got, I think, three years in. I think once we were at three years in, not to say that there wasn't a lot of growth from the staff after those three years, but I think at, at three years, we started to really understand where our weaknesses were and how to address them. And I think that, you know, the, the development from the last three years, you know, once we started to be that group that was going out to Dayton every year, I think, you know, 
kind of fine tuning and getting those things to the next level, I think was, was easier, but there, the staff function really well because we are legitimately friends. And I yeah. think that that, that part of it, like you can't, obviously you can't like force that. Like that can't be the thing that, that determines whether somebody is on staff or not. You want to have qualified staff in front of your kids, but I think it's important that you are doing, if you're going to invest that much time into something, and that means staff, students, like parents, if you're going to be investing that much time into something, it better be some, it better be with people you enjoy being around. You know, it's, it's way easier when it's like that. I have really close relationships with like the parents. I still have, I have kids who graduated three years ago and I'm still going to dinner at their house. And those parents who are, those are the parents who were going to Dayton with us. They were in the trenches with us too. It's not like every once in a while you eat dinner at their house every night. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. (laughs) But the staff, like when you're, you're coming down, there's like three of us there or we're, it's a revolving door. We don't always know what's going on or we're, we always know what's going on. We're not all there at the same time. Right. It's because there's a group chat that's, we are telling each other everything all the time. Like, when I found out that we were having a child, they knew probably about the same time as my family. <laughs> they are my family, right? Like, we, th- those kinds of things, we're, we're talking constantly. So when they come into rehearsal, whether they were there or not, even if, even if I'm not there at night, like, I know what's happening at rehearsal. I am very, we are all very keyed in to what happened. You know, there's no one coming into a rehearsal being like, hey, did you guys work on this thing? You know, there's no one, the, the, the train is running and we all know what's happening. So you even trust when we're not there. When you're not there, that whoever is there has the, 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 the same best interest that you do as if you were the same person giving, giving the directives. I have also been fortunate to, at this point, I have staffs at, uh, I w- actually teach at two high schools. There's Westfield High School is a school up by the Dulles Airport that I also um, write for and I, and I teach there too. And both of these programs now are run by people that I've taught. So that means if I'm not there, I know that they know what I would be doing if I was there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I have complete faith. And especially now that, now that I am a father, I am not at every single rehearsal and I have to be able to do that. And that's part of my, I have to find that balance to be able to do my real life at the level that I want to be able to do it. So having a staff that, that allows me to do that now is, is super important. So like Charlie is an alum who just graduated. Um, he's, he can run the battery by himself if he needs to, Yeah, you know, um, Jefferson and Merrill are teaching at Westfield. They're both alum. They both like, I trust them to do exactly what needs to be done. And you, so, give, you give them enough room, too, to explore and even fail if, a little bit if they need to, right? Or to, to, to figure things out on their own, find new, find new approaches. To find their approach, yeah. right? Yeah, because going in and teaching, like, I think the kids make fun of when, – whenever Mark comes to a rehearsal, the kids make fun of us because <laughs> it's like the same person, yeah, right. right? I can teach like Mark. Not everyone can teach like Mark and I. I don't know why we – can do that i don't know we're similar personalities it works when we do it but if paco shows up to a rehearsal and tries to teach like mark it's not gonna work it's not gonna work he's not mark i'm soft <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not effective it doesn't well no 
I mean, this all ties in really well. Actually, I've been waiting to like jump in on all this. Um, everything we've been talking about leads into the. It's literally. I hate how true this proves to be every time. It's not what, but how. Like every time, we talked about the Ben thing. Ben didn't march symbols on BD. I know that doesn't exist, but like, it's it wasn't what he did. It's how he did it. Um, even going back to a counterpoint with the uh, when we were talking about uh, why Williams Port is like good, it's because they have somebody in front of them all the time. I've had instructors come in for three days and change my whole season just because of what they did or not what they did, how they did what they did in those three days. And that would motivate me the whole season. Like even in drum corps indoor, when I'd have like people come in for a week or like whatever, it was always like how it's never the amount of time. You even hear stories of like real life application of people getting uh, being with somebody romantically for a decade and then them breaking up and then getting married in two years to somebody else and being happy for the rest of their lives. Like, it's not the amount of time. It's, like, the quality of the time. It's always the how. It's not the what. And it's... That's why I kind of love the activity the most is, like, especially with the staff thing and the friends thing is when you're friends, you don't want to disappoint each other. And, like, I think that's a big thing. When, like, even if... I've had staff members that are not experienced at all, but it was just their their intent. It's always the intent. Their intent to be there for the program and for the kids and, like, for the camaraderie and for the <laughs> development of everything, like that's enough to push them to the next level and like again like ben's a perfect example of that and like other things but i've also seen i've seen staff at shows and this kind of like it, it almost gets under my skin a little bit like <laughs> i've seen staff at shows who don't seem to have a vested interest in what's happening mm -hmm. like if the kids do okay they're like oh all right if the kids don't it's like oh okay unless they're really good then i see i've seen some staff make it all about them yeah it's only yeah it's only it's their show and like, uh, like if you guys throw down i was there for you if you guys are terrible i i i occasionally come to rehearsals <laughs> See, i i think i think that i i can remember shows where the kids came off the floor and you know we would we would do a little wrap up and I'd be like uh, you know we were we were at a WGI regional once and it was pretty early on and I was like guys I don't know if that's gonna get it done and I, I was always really honest with them you know they they know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them something that's not true right I'm I'm yeah. gonna I was like I don't I don't know if you're gonna play twice today you know um, we ended up getting third <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't you're almost angry like. That's not what's supposed to happen. But we didn't. He it lied was, to us. It, was, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a good run for us. It wasn't a good run yeah. for where we thought that we should have been, and we were coming into to that regional. We it was the Unionville regional, and we that's it's a, a long one. drive for us mm -hmm. from Lorton to come all the way up here and compete against these groups on the on the East Coast. And the A class is strong up here. Very that strong. was when we were still in A. And, and I was like, guys, I don't know. And I remember, like, we as a staff were all really upset at ourselves, right? We're not like, man, the kids didn't perform today. We were like, what did we not mm -hmm. do yeah. to oh, set yeah. them up? But I also bet they self-evaluate, too. I mean, that's sort of a measure of success from, from my perspective is if they could self-evaluate and say, yeah, this, this, wasn't, this wasn't box five. This, so so – you, you can you can say all the inspiring words you want. You, they know that, right? And, and and they appreciate it, but they're thinking the same things. And no, if, and if the you've done your job well, 
Well, they have they have your yeah. boys in their head anyway. You could see so. that you could see it on the kids' faces yeah. too. Like they knew the run wasn't good, but that even more like as the staff, we're all like, they want it. They're yeah, here. They're exactly. here doing everything we're asking them to do, and if they're not successful, that means I didn't do my job. Yeah. You know, and I think all of the staff, we've all always had that mindset, and especially moving, you know, into we also promoted ourselves without WGI telling us both times we were in a class <laughs> and I thought, man, we're playing a lot. You know, I don't know. It's our first year in Dayton. It looked like they were going to bump a bunch of groups. And I remember sending, I think it was Mark Thurston. I think I sent him an email. I was like, Hey, can you take a look at this video and just tell me what you think? I don't want to formally go under review or whatever. You don't have to force us. Like if you tell me you think that we're playing open class content, I'll put us in open class. Like that's, that's fine. And I said, but I want to do it before the regional. I want to go to our WGI regional and whatever class we're going to go into Dayton. Cause it was going to be our first year in Dayton. Waste time. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you mean you weren't trying to win that A-class trophy? I, <laughs> that wasn't your top priority? Well, I'm, I'm headed there. Let, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me finish the story. <laughs> um, we, so, you know, I, I, I think I admittedly, I had written too many notes for the group. Um, you know, the clarity wasn't really there, but we were playing a lot. So I was like, all right, we're going to be an open class. And I remember announcing that to the kids and making sure that I framed that in a way where the kids – saw that as a victory before we performed a single performance in open class. Like they needed to know that like your time has paid off because you are now going to compete at, compete at this next level. At that point we had won nothing ever. We didn't win. We didn't even win our state a class. We, we had, we had not won a single thing, but I was like, you guys have matured as performers to the point where we all believe that you're ready to go to open class. The kids were excited about it. We went to Dayton. We got 37th. We looked at that year as a learning opportunity. The kids were, the kids were so pumped to come back in the next year because they're like, we know what it is now, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. And then the next year, we were seventh, you know, <laughs> because the kids understood what the end goal was, you know? And then we end up getting 12th the year after that in open class and we're going into the next year and I start talking to the staff and I'm like, guys, I think we're, I think we should go to world. And I got a lot of weird reactions. <laughs> I mean, there's fear there because that's different than going from a, a to open. That's like the yeah. top of the mountain. You know? But I started to see, like we were talking about the depth. I started to see the depth of the ensemble get to a point where I was like, I think we can go to world. And I remember announcing that to the kids. And it was the same kind of excitement of like, we're doing this. We're, we're going to take the next step. All the work that you guys have done has paid off. You're ready for the next level. And the kids have always had the, the trust in me. And I guess I've been lucky enough that my luck hasn't run out. I haven't been wrong yet. You know, I, but we, uh, they, have always risen to that occasion. And we always put that kind of pressure on ourselves to get. I think the craziest thing about that call, cause I remember talking to you about it when you were considering it. And I was like, you know, your, your snares are all graduating. Like you're going to go in there with a, a new snare line. Like that was the, that was the scariest thing for me in evaluating. Like not that the ensemble wasn't ready, but you know, the things we talk about, about the snare line too. I mean, there's, 
people look at it that way judges look at it that way and to go in with a to bump up to world with a new snare line that's that was crazy that was that was there's, scary there's another piece that I, I think isn't being said here that, that I think is the fatal flaw of the WGI system in, in a certain way you may have performers that are at the level of Chino Hills but are you supported as well from a, a do you have the pockets of, of Chino Hills uh, and, and, and no. So I look at the top, the, the upper echelon of those fo- folks: Avon, uh, Chino Hills, um, Ayala, Ayala, yeah. And you know, it's a three-ring circus, which is cool. It's a spectacle. Well, um, but but it would be nice. Some of the of the the award for conceptual, re, you know, realizing the conceptual, um, you know, um, ideas that you that you have realized, you you can't. You don't have the same palette that they have. You have the same same performers, and you know what? Probably even hungrier. But they've got the wallet, and I, I hate to say it that way, but if I'd be interested to know how the plan is to get around that problem, and maybe you don't. Have, maybe there is no. No, problem. and I think that's that's valid. And the other thing, like the first, you know, the experience of rolling up to your first independent world prelims or sorry, Scholastic World Prelims, is wild. Because we rolled in, and we're like, all right, we're warming up next to Avon. My, would, my heart would have been like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we're rolling in with our two Penske trucks, <laughs> while everyone else is rolling in with at least one 18-wheeler. Some of them have two. You're riding it in a tricycle, and they're riding it in a Ferrari. <laughs> you know? Let's get this thing on. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I but the... I, I don't think I do think that WGI I think that the judging is I I have a lot of respect for the judges that they that they use the training the program the the system is set up when you look at a WGI recap it doesn't make any sense when you look at these numbers you're like how do all of these people have these opinions that don't agree with each other right I think that's cool I think that 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 the way that you're not just seeing the ordinals like shake out like ones across the board, well, twos that, across that the actually, board. I think some of that comes from just having a lot of groups and a lot of turmoil in like WGI. The landscape of the groups in it changes every year. There's new groups in. There's groups that didn't come out. There's, mm-hmm. but I think that's I think that's good for that because it allows the judges to actually make calls and not have to have group think in the like. Yep. Once once an opinion is formed in July, it's really hard to have a different opinion. Yeah, yeah, but you know, to to go, to roll up in the lot and know that we're just warming up next to them, I think the kids the the kids shook off the nerves a little bit, and the next day we we had placed, I don't know, we had placed high enough that we knew that like we were kind of in the hunt. Yeah, and I sorry, I don't mean to put a caveat at like. Well, you know, like, but Big Brother, that's not what I mean. No, no, no. I I understand what you're saying, and that's the thing. You got to convince your students that, you know, we're we're in the same ballpark here. They just have shinier, you know, buttons. There are other – there's other schools like uh, Lebanon is another school that kind of – they, you know, they got, like, mom and dad trailers. They're pulling up, pulling with, you know, their trucks, and they're a small band program too. Like, I think – we're two programs that are in Scholastic World that have marching bands with less than 100 students. Oh. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of a feat in itself, you know, when you look at some of the other programs that are, you know, might well, be. And not even just, like, regionally. It's so different from, like, 
you know, talking about the differences in, in like, uh, uh, South County to, uh, Chino Hills, it's not that much different than talking about a South County to a Williamsburg. <laughs> like it's, it regionally, like the, what the schools are structured, the size of the schools, the budgets of the schools, like that stuff is so different from region to region. It's almost like to put that, com- like, it's going to sound like I'm not for competitiveness and I am, I love the competition side of it, but I just think it needs to be a framed in a way to the students where it's, it's, it's honest and not filling their heads with like, um, <laughs> ridiculous ideas. You know, you, you have to be honest with what's out there and the different situations that people are in. And, then just, you know, you're competing with yourself. You're competing with last week. You're competing with the last rep, not trying to, well, it's I, awesome to see, be in the parking lot next to Avon, but you, that's not your focus. Your focus is South County. Right. And, and and we always, we always, I mean, like I said, we have never really, like, we've never gone to Dayton and won anything there. Yeah. 7th, 12th, 15th. I tell you what, every single year we came out of Dayton, the kids were pumped. They were proud of everything that they did. The, like, the seasons were always looked at as a success. They are, they are wildly successful seasons. I, I guess I, I, I just, it would be nice to see. <coughs> It would be nice to see the reward system be commensurate with, with their capability. I, 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 I actually don't, I don't want to make it sound like they're, like I'm giving them a, like giving no, them a sob there's, story. No, there's great, because there's great educators out there, and the kids are playing well. Exactly. Well, you know what? So you know what I think is a bigger contributor to that problem than the the trophies and the competitive the scores. The biggest problem, and I think this is the activity wide, not just WG. I think it's all of it. The, the the amount of attention that is given to the top of the of the activity in it, it, it's not like that if you if you look at flow marching you're, you're gonna see six groups promoted if you look at like all these yeah. media outlets that, that promote you're gonna see you know the top six groups promoted and that's all you're gonna see and there's crazy success stories happening way down the list that get no promotion nobody talks about it and they're not so we we frame the activity like it's all about these six groups and not about you know the used to be like the cover of the dvds but i'm old they don't even right. do that anymore right like, see south county they're scrappy you know like yeah. this is we we have you know we have we have to pay attention and and i don't i to your point i don't think i don't think that spotlight is available i think it should be and I think I, I, I think you, don't have, wanna... you have gotten attention, but because you got onto the same stage. Yeah, and I don't think I don't want to take anything away from any of those groups that are like in the top five. Those kids are no, definitely not. Like, I, the, I'm trying to be hesitant saying that too, because I don't mean that they're not. No, and I, and I and I get that. I'm just I'm trying to think of what that would what that would <clears> look like or how it would be different. Because I do, you know, that um, that Unionville regional work. We we had that prelims run. I was like, guys, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're playing twice. When the scores came out, and I was like, third. <laughs> like, what? And whatever. Well, okay, cool. The kids are pumped. You know, put another run on the floor. Um, we got coverage. Like, there was, there was a, like, we were on WGI social media that day. Yeah. And I remember the parents being excited about it. You know, um, I think we went to Dayton, and I think WGI probably did. I think WGI does the best job of it. When we look at the the pageantry, you know, all those the circuits, I think WGI does do a good job of of promoting the little guy. And I don't know how you not that I'm not trying to say that we're like the little we're obviously No, like, but you know what I, I do admire is that you're responsible about it. That's 
from experience, I will tell you, I have tried it. The it, we're all in this year. You know what? Yeah, you, you you might claw up a couple spots, but you just folded up an organization because you went beyond their means. So it's better to have a year next year than. Yeah, and the financial side of it, I can talk to that a little bit. And I'm sorry, I, I keep referring back to the financial side. No, no, no. I, I, and I, I've kind of dodged the question, so I'll, I'll, I can lay out like the financial thing a little bit. Um, our kids, uh, generally, I think we're we're paying uh, a little shy of like eight hundred dollars is are the dues for indoor. Um, we we go to Dayton, but we stay at a YMCA. <laughs> Is our kids have um, they like group sleep on a gym floor, kind of like tour. Um, we, you know, we found ways to to cut costs. Um, we don't take buses. Um, we rent, we rent vehicles and get everybody out that way. Um, and <coughs> I've tried to do that so that it was never. I never wanted finances to be a reason that a student couldn't do it. And I understand that I'm in a more affluent area than. Um, than Williamsport, you yeah. know, there's there's uh, more. I was actually gonna say like, just eight hundred dollars. We don't have a program. Yeah, Stu- <laughs> I I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it I, I, in high school, and I and I totally understand that. We'd have um, th- we have three kids. We have some. <laughs> we have booster scholarships. Uh, the boosters will will do scholarships for some kids if it's yeah. needed. You know, there's that kind of stuff, but there's also not a whole lot going into. Ironically, um, we're called the millionaires. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have experience. You're an alumnus of Williamsport, I, right? I'm uh, very familiar. You, so you're aware then that, you know, years ago, the last time we, we put an ensemble out there, it was like, you know what? I don't know where the money's coming from, but we're paying for it. I, I remember <laughs> I remember being like, you guys, need to, you guys need to sell some pizzas this week if we want to go to the show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remember a rehearsal. Yeah. I remember a rehearsal where a, a – parent a parent i don't know it was like a booster it might have been the booster president or something came into rehearsal and was like guys you need to raise money and that was like our first you guys did a good job of like shielding us from it up to that point because we were all kind of like well what's happening what do you mean we need to raise money we have a show what do you like we have to go and i don't think the members realized too that even the parents admittedly should have said something about this but the parents did some shady things to get some of that stuff to the point where it actually is detrimental to the the rest of the program too, and I don't, we don't talk about it. But I, I, not that I'm not thankful, but looking back, I'm a little bit remorseful about it. I I, I wouldn't trade that experience with with anybody. No, but it, I love that year. It is it is important though that like everybody find a way that works for them to to get their program, uh, you know to to compete and be financially stable. And it is hard because there is a little bit of a horse race out there. Like I, yeah. I get, I get that we, we are, we're on a digi print floor every year. I get custom uniforms every year. Am I price hunting and trying to do the best I can to, to, to get those prices down? Yes. Are we trying to sell whatever we're allowed to sell to try to well, raise money? Then, then yeah. But at the same time, like I, Here's actually on that note though, I, before I forget about it, I don't want to tag on to that. Like one thing I think a lot of people could do is sort of what you and I had going on with Lake Lehman where um, I think a lot of people that work with gr- smaller groups or groups that don't have a lot of money from areas like, like central PA or whatever could benefit a lot by like not having such an ego about the, 
the the show concept and the genius of the design and making smart financial decisions that can set the group apart and allow them to look professional. Because like a lot of times what we would do is grant, you know, at the end of the season, you would sell your stuff to us for half the price of what you paid for it in, in, a, in a budget that we could actually plan and manage. And it meant that we were pigeonholed into a show concept, whatever. I, I, the only thing I care about is, are these kids going to get good education? Are they going to play well? They're going to learn things. And you know what? We get to have a nice floor. And we get to have nice uniforms. We get to look professional when we go and out the there. Kids. That's way more important to me than having like my ego attached to you controlling guys, the design. You guys got uniforms, props, and a floor that were ready to go to Dayton. And coordinated. Yeah. Like, and we got to pay for our floor the next year. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why more groups don't do that. I, I see so many... St- so many groups that are, and you know, we took, we took Lake Lehman, which is a group that hadn't not, they hadn't beaten another drum line in a single competition in four years straight. And we meddled <laughs> like out the gate. Yeah. And the second year we meddled in another class and like, it's not, you know, kids are kids. You but also, when you, when you put the things in their hands that, that they need to, and, and you know, taking the design, the, the design to me seriously wasn't that important. Other than it needed to be good, but you you took on on the design front, you did not use that floor, those props, and those uniforms the same way that I did. I oh. remember watching that show and being like, "Oh, that's how they're gonna." The music was totally different. You didn't even use the same source material. Yeah. It was a very different show, used with this like it. If you were to put those musical palettes, like if you took out all of the <clears throat> visual aspect of it, had somebody just listen to those shows. No one would know that they were performed with the exact same gear. Right. Yeah. So but you you it, did but it what fit was both. right. It fit both. And you did what was right with those kids. Yes, but that's also like musically, we couldn't do what you guys were doing. Yeah, we. Like, we there's no way we could. We wrote that entire show with royalty free music. We didn't pay because we didn't have. Cent. We spent all our money on your uniforms and. <laughs> 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 but we also we didn't have the electronics. Like we had one synth, limited capability, old. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was it was just making the decisions that were best for that group. But we were able to like springboard because we made the decision to like, you know what? We're just going to take this use stuff from grants program and it's going to make us, we're going to be able to live beyond our means without spending. That's such an awesome, perfect resource for, for a perhaps open groups. The thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around is at the world level. And I keep coming back to this. I'm is it's it's not that you wouldn't want to ever tell your, your your kids like guys this is a this is one this is a special year and you would never ever say this I, I, even even say this it's irresponsible but you know we're gonna max out it in in the seventh position because because there there's such a a, a production deficit that we have you, again. I'm, I'm saying this from my mind, not not that I would actually say this to people. Yeah, but I don't but, know. I don't know if it actually exists the way that it's being described, though. Because like yeah. the first the first year that we um, made finals in Dayton, um, we didn't have any props. It was a floor. We got a, we got our yeah, sure. we got our first floor that we ever got like digi printed, um, and then mm-hmm. we got digi printed uniforms that were cheap. They, they didn't have like different layers or anything. There was no and and all we did, we put all our eggs in the hands basket that year because I knew that the kids were going to play yeah. extremely well 
So, and I remember, I, I'll listen, I still listen to Joe Allison's tape from finals sometimes because he's, he's usually an animated judge and he gives good feedback, whatever. We had the, uh, a phrase towards the end of the show where the, the, the battery just stood with their feet apart and just played a bunch of notes. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, man, you guys are all about the hands, aren't you? Yeah. And he goes, he goes and I, it, I can't think of a better compliment. You can get. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then yeah. he says, and then he says, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I, I can't think of a better compliment. That that same at that same moment in the show, I listened to the visual effect guy, and he's like, "There's no body complimenting this moment." And I was like, "That don't care, <laughs> doesn't matter because but, it's not about the it's about the hands." Like it, that's <laughs> that's what was said. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I also I, I will say though I don't think that that I don't think that the the champion in WGI is being determined by production. I I'm being I'm extreme. And and of course you only kids have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Like you are the underdogs, you know that. But we can overcome this. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely think it's an advantage. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that that bubble is more extreme in like the the third through sixth place, seventh place range. Like that's where you really see the crazy production. Chino to me is like they they are. I, I think their production is about equal to some of those groups up there, but I think they really separate themselves with the hands. Yeah. yeah. Like I. Well, yeah. Ayala that year did the show where they just had a floor and they did the same show twice. They just oh, did yeah. it backwards. They yeah, they're controversy. They're a controversial show. There are ways that people have proven that you can do a show and be successful without props. Now, here's the thing. It's harder. No, right? yeah. That's, yeah. That's the thing. But that, also, yeah. Cheeto Hills, has they have the benefit of going, uh, of understanding they have years of success behind their belt. Like, and and it's, a, it's a bias, but it's a, oh, that's genius. Cheeto Hills is genius. But if, if, if you were to do that same thing, would you get that benefit? Would, oh, that's so artistic. No, I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know what? I, I would say that if you're not in that position, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Like, because you have to be really good. And I think, like, when people try to have the best idea, you're getting distracted from, like, you know, we're getting away from. Isn't that what world is, though? There, you... there have been times. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I do think that there should be something innovative about world. But we're. We're talking about, I, I, but I also think there's a difference between somebody who's been at the top of that class for 15 years and somebody who's making it for the first time. Yeah. I think, I also don't think that there is, you know, th there has been a talk for a while that like the top of world is almost its own thing. Cosmic. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that like nobody can get there. It just means that it's it's hard. And I don't want to I don't want to take that out of it. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. if 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 I keep grinding this out with South County, we end up we end up at that level at some point. Like, you hell yeah, it was hard and we did it. Yeah. You know I don't want I want to I don't want to take that out of it. Um, so and I don't want mean to sound defeatist by any means. No, I under, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, and I I do think that there is you know it, it you can do a show. Um, with less of a budget and with less props and all those kinds of things, but it's going to be harder. Yeah. You know, and are there times when, you know, we have an idea that we think is artistic and going to work and it doesn't. Yeah. You know, have there been times when I've had an idea or I've, I've staged a moment or something that, that I'm really confident in and I hear some judges early on, you know, tell me reasons that it's not going to work. And I'm like, now nah, this is going to Dayton. That's also happened, you know. But, I mean, th this, there's no better example of this than in DCI. There are things the Blue Devils have done where I, I've just been like, I, I don't, I don't know what I just saw there. But it's completely just rewards like that is, that is genius. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Am I like is, am I in the same universe? I don't I don't get it. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's what I that's what I struggle with is BD gets credit for stuff that's just is an example that's just absurd because they're they are given the affordance of being able to be the Blue Devils and and come up with. Well, and I've, I've gotten I've gotten some some heat in arguments with people for what mm. I'm about to say, but I oh, don't let's do this. I, <laughs> Here it comes. I don't think doing something because it hasn't been done before makes it world class. Yeah. I don't think that like coming up with some idea that like, well, this has never been done before. So this is this is now a world class idea. Like maybe it's never been done before because it's stupid. I don't think that's controversial. We don't play piano with our feet for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> but there's there are, no, but there are, there are but there are people who look at there are people who look at the world class and they they say that it is the place where everything must be innovative and we must see all the new things all the time. Yeah. And I don't know that I I don't completely agree with that. Do I want to see new things? Do I want to see the activity progress? Yes, I do. Yep. But that doesn't mean that we just do things because somebody hasn't done them before. I at think what, there's a. At what point do you think we've exhausted all the ideas? Like, when does the singularity happen? I think I think the art form is fluid enough that. Sorry, that, Zach. No, you're good. You're I good. think the art form is fluid enough that that never happens. Yeah. I think there's a there's a quote from a from a famous book series: "A uh, progress for progress's sake must be stopped at all costs." Like Ooh. just because just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it should doesn't be. mean it should be done. But the but that. We every year I see lots of things that get done. Well, like putting because your it hasn't well, been done. We talked about it earlier. Uh, peep flavored Pepsi. Yeah, like no, that shouldn't be done. <laughs> like it's never you mean, been done. It's you mean peeps, like the wait, 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 wait. No, no, I'm we refer to that as Peepsy. <laughs> oh, sorry, Peepsy. <laughs> yeah, like or I was thinking like a, I don't know like a, putting your tenor player on stilts. <laughs> or like, I mean, I hyped that. That was really cool. <laughs> that, that was. I thought that was one of the most entertaining shows. It was, yeah. The, I'll tell you what, the arena went up for that show yeah. for sure. Oh, I thought that was the biggest crowd reaction of the night by, yeah. by far. I actually think that that's some of that though is also leading to a disconnect between between fans and and judges and like them appreciating the same things. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> that was it. Oh, <laughs> oh he knew. I, I thought there was a pitch coming. No, no. no I mean, it's, you already kind of talked about it. Like, cause I, there was a show. At, I don't remember. There's been times where I like watch a show win, and I'm like, I'm like, I teach, I design, I am in this, I'm in it, and a show wins, and I'm like, I don't understand what that was about. No, yeah. and, you know, there's there's <laughs> also this this difficulty like of I, like I'm not smart enough. Yeah, I'm, right. I there's just also this difficulty of you have adjudicators. Who are who are ra- rating a group of first of all world class musicians, second uh, secondly world class educators and and um, you know performers in their own right, and they're really the experts. So it, so you have adjudicators who are almost without saying it are almost saying, is is this is this what the activity should be? Because if you say if you say it is. Cause they then told I'll me, reward you because they told me it is. Cause, yeah, because if you say <laughs> if you say it is, I bu- <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, right. you are the guy. You're talking. Well, yeah, and you're talking about the designers that like pull all the judges in, and they're like, they pull, they pull <laughs> all the right. they pull all the judges over to them. Like, come, come, I'm going to speak to you. And then the right. designers are like, this is what this show's about. You right. must like, you must reward it. Right? Are, are you Wayne Downey? Because I'm Wayne Down. <laughs> right? So <laughs> that that's what I feel like. Yeah. 
My my fear with that though isn't really about the the competitive success, whether it's in Dayton or whatever. My my issue with that is it's ramifications on younger programs and these are all world class issues, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, younger staffs because you what you do is like our first show when mm-hmm. we started the program up, we played in sync. Mm-hmm. The next show we did, we ended up playing some like Fallout Boy, I think, or something. Nice. Like I made sure in the early stages of the program that I was going to do something that we could perform at the middle school or at a pep rally and everybody was into it yeah. and everybody was excited about it. Well, and if you don't do that, the second you, you start a program and you're like, I'm going to do the most artistic thing ever. Well, good luck. You're not going to yeah. have any numbers. Yes. Especially, right. especially early on. You like, it has to be a part of your show has to be like, what's going to recruit next year's kids. Yeah. Like, and now, now we've that. gotten to the point where, like, we did a show this past year. I mean, the show was about it was a Greek myth, and you, I mean, if you, you kind of understood but what the was culture's happening. Culture's already there, yeah. Culture's already there, and the amount of performance energy that comes off the floor with the group now, kind of does that, yeah. you know. And I think, I, I think we can, we can go into, you know, if, God, if where there was no COVID and we could go over to the middle school and play, we'd get that gym. People would go crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's you know, what it's about, right? But I think there's a lot of, especially you know, or young <clears throat> designers that want to be innovative, instead of. I I also don't think that's all on the on the the instructors and designers. I think that the at the top of the at the top of the activity, this is this is the thing that bothers me the most about the activity now. The fact that we don't use G Beagles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I literally do not care at all because if it if it's uh, yeah, I don't care. Um, I never even heard G Bugles, so that's fine. <laughs> Are you, you serious? Um, Wait, heck, hang on a second. Cabs alum, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I have heard G Bugles. I, I, I'm a when I marched in DCI, we had G Bugles. Hey, Mark. Oh, <laughs> in my and no electronics. In my first year of DCI, our horns had two valves. Are you serious? Nice. Oh, you're, you're well. Like, you're like upper echelon of here's, the world. Well, <laughs> to be. To be fair, in the, in, the, in the spirit of like hand me downs, you're the Chino Hills of old. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, in in the spirit of hand me downs, those horns I'm sure in a in a small drum corps were thirty years old, handed yeah, down yeah, three yeah. times. Well, yes, everyone else had three they're, bell bugles. They're still out there though. They're still out there. Right. Yeah, but you were gonna, you were you were. On to something. I, I was just going to say that um, this, I think this, and I think this is the most dangerous thing for the activity, aside from being, finding ways that the arms race just taking it to being out of control expense wise. I think the biggest danger right now is alienating people because it's, it's very obvious it's becoming more about the, you know, the competitive success of the group is more about the five people designing the show than it is about the 150 or 50 performers doing the show. Yeah. And I like that's that's to me that's just uneasy territory. I I don't feel like it's that's one thing I think was better in the past, and it's I'm a little uncomfortable with now. Well, I remember having conversations because when I was when I I reached out to a bunch of world class designers and directors before we made that jump. You know, I was having the conversations with you. I was talking with our staff. I was also talking to like. I called up Matt Hahn. I called up Derek Shannon. I called up Rob Ferguson. I called up, you know, I called up a bunch of people to see what their take on it was. And then, you know, I started to realize that like 
the world-class designers are, are, are designing for like everybody. Like most of the finalists have shows that were designed by like the same 10 people. Yeah. And, and that like, that kind of, it spooked me for a second. Cause I was like, I'm not one of those 10 people, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but that, that it was, it was, it was just something that Don't made, I think that's a problem for like diversity of thought. It yeah. was something that I took a. I mean, we took a lot of pride in when everything was oh, over. Absolutely, you know, I would. We of course, were, he would. You know, we, we were one of the one of the real newcomers. We didn't we didn't just tag on to somebody else's success yeah. and buy their product and decide that we were going to clean it. Like we designed our own thing and paved our own way, and it was super, something that was super exciting. But at the same time, when you're, I don't have a problem with somebody buying a show so that they can make sure that their kids have a good product in their hands. I don't have a problem with that. No, right. But how do you make sure that that's possible while also not just creating this structure where you buy a program for success and then you're not really the diversity of thought thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, also, I don't know how both of those things coexist without kind of what we uh, have now. We're like, you know, we have the same few designers who are designing for a lot of groups. But at the same time, like, you can't fault them because they're putting good they're putting good products in their kids' hands. You can't fault them for that. Right. No, I, I just don't know. I don't know how you be, even begin to address it. I, as long as it's not a case of, you know, people not being able to break in because they're blocked from, from getting in. You know what I mean? If that's happening, then there is an issue. And to be honest, I didn't think I, I personally don't think that that happened with, and, and I do, I think that maybe there were times that, you know, we didn't get the benefit of the doubt when we were, you know, probably playing something that could have been recognized or whatever. Like, sure. But again, it's okay that it's hard. Yeah. It makes it worth it when it happens. Of you know course. what I mean? Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay that it's hard to kind of break into that. It's okay. No, it's cool to be the underdog. I mean, yeah. the dark horse is always the most, the more fun. It's lonely at the top. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, and this is gonna, this is another thing that'll date me. In the '90s, I would have much rather marched with Crossman than the Cavaliers. The truly Which the dark horse. The identity. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I almost auditioned for Crossman and then they moved to Texas. And I was like, I'm not going to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a different country over there. Uh, <laughs> they tried that. It is wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, we went long tonight. An hour How and much 20 time? minutes. How much? An hour and 20. Oh, that's not, that's not as bad as I thought. I was thinking it was more like. I thought it was two. Nope, hour 20 is how long it's been recording. I get, yeah, I, yeah. I don't have anything else to add to this conversation. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. This was fun. Yeah. Haven't been I haven't been home in a long time since you know COVID happened. It's been nice to be back. It's cool to see the growth <laughs> of of this. Yeah, that's actually I Grant. So Grant was at the very beginning of Epic Percussion. <laughs> we actually we were in my basement. We had like four kids taking lessons, and we had two drum sets, and they came out of like a shed at your parents' house. Like we had to like dust them all. Those things went the distance. <laughs> they were they were, what were they? Pulse percussion, I think. Uh, percussion plus. Percussion even better. Nice. Percussion plus. Percussion yeah. plus. That's like that's uh, that's not DW. That's Gretsch. That's like 
Never mind. I was gonna say that's <laughs> some, some, like I, Amazon. I'm trying to figure out. I'm pretty sure they put different badges on them for a reason. They don't no, want to be associated. We had. There is. <laughs> there you know actually what? is a lead manufacturer that makes those. That have, <laughs> that's doing one of these things. <laughs> I mean, they. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but it's been it's been cool to, to to kind of follow you guys having to you know pave the way for something like this to exist in this area because there isn't you know we we talked about the indoor program when I was in high school kind of not existing after after I graduated because <coughs> the infrastructure just wasn't there for it. The infrastructure is still not there for it, and that doesn't mean that like somebody's doing something wrong. It just means that every program can't fund things the same, and that's fine. Yeah, but there there are some some uh there are some moments that people have to accept if you want to build something like that where you're going to wake up some mornings and feel sick because you mean like mornings where you write a twelve thousand dollar check to buy a set of drums for a group that has never done what they're about to do yes exactly that days like that (laughs) yes sounds like a perfect yeah yeah i'm still feeling a little sick Yo, sign up for the summer drum program. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect <laughs> sign up for that. The, everyone. Please sign up for the summer drum program. You'll have really nice new pearl drums played on by MCM. They were, but for ten days. For ten days. They use them for ten Saturdays, so they're ten days old. I wanted wow. those drums so bad. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> I wanted it's gonna those be drums. Awesome. So it's bad. gonna be awesome. They're gonna be sick. Super excited. All right, is that it? Yeah. Thanks for coming, Grant. All right, well, that wraps it up. Thanks for sticking with us today. Um, thanks to Grant Butters for coming out and talking to us about building up his high school program at South County. And please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Uh, it's about drums, but anybody, we'll take any viewer we can get. So send them our way. Appreciate